There's been a Gary Tonin sighting. Someone has seen Gary Tonin, which means it is time for Verbal Tap. The show that proves fighting way easier from outside of the cage, which Gary was doing as he watched Nick Rodriguez flex his muscles. It's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rap Spurs of Rap. How are you doing? You watched Combat Worlds. You were live? Yeah, I was there live, yes. Did you get slapped? No, surprisingly not. Um, I was nervous about it. Um, I do that thing where I joke with people and I say, oh, you better not slap me. And they always do that like, mm, I mean, I could. And I'm like, well, please don't. Just do your best. Yeah. That would have been cool. Um, you were like, yes, actually, I ordered acai with extra berries. And I asked if they had pistachios. <laughs> she hit me. <laughs> The the weirder part to me is that uh, the guy who run uh, won, uh, Rich Red Alarcon, he essentially is competing at Worlds this weekend too. Yeah, Worlds is this weekend. I keep forgetting. yeah. It's it, it's the it bullpen up is helpful. All of a sudden, it's like oh shit, that is something I should be thinking about. Fortunately, I got flow grappling, so we're ready. We're ready for yeah. any Worlds coverage. You're going. So, yes, but um, I didn't get credentialed. Ouch. So, and and this one, like I want to say is... Right to the PR staff at Verbal Tap. Legal just looked at me like, don't talk about it. Raps upset. <laughs> it looked at me said, don't talk about it. I'm like, no. People so, so need to hear So let's clear it. this up. I might have not hit the deadline to apply and... There's no set deadline per se. They just say when we have too many people, um, then we close out. And that was about a month ago, I, I think I had put in. And so normally they, they accept usually till about two weeks. So their excuse when I followed up on the email was I said, OK, well, I didn't make the deadline. Um, but they do this thing where they go, you know, if anybody does drop out which they won't we'll let you know and the weirdest part about it though kev is is the way in which they frame it where they're like we just have too many photographers down there it's so overwhelming and it's just oh my god it's just such a nightmare if you ever look at that mat and you wonder about our sport I really wonder how much people who organize things in jiu-jitsu would crumble in like organizations in entertainment and in sports elsewhere because that ain't overwhelmed. I'll it's a lot of people. Or, no, because I would say it's not, right? Like I enjoy yeah. it. It feels like it um, gives me a little Wimbledon feel. No. There's- so anyway – there's a niceness to having journalists around something. It kind of gives it an importance even when you're watching it third hand. Watch what happens when Steph Curry crashes into the baseline. It's great. Oh, I can't wait for it. I just want to say, though, it is odd because uh, my sister, a.k.a. Kid A Photography, put in, and she was in before the deadline and was not credentialed. So she did apply, and they were like, no. So it, they have a weird standard and it's confusing. So what I decided to do, Kevin, and I'm glad you're bringing this up up top because we have so many great topics to talk about that are so much more positive. Pilar but said, I want to tell Combat you guys, Worlds, 
Craig Jones nudist. Uh, I mean, ish. But what I will tell you guys is this. I will be going down there and I'm going to be interviewing a number of people. If you would like to share your jujitsu or grappling story, I'm going to be taking in some interviews uh, for grappling hour. So that way you guys can kind of tell your story. I, you know, we've mentioned on the show a little bit here and on grappling hour that it was 10 years ago. I first stepped foot on a mat for a sport that I really didn't understand. And it was funny because I was telling my sister the story and she had never really heard it. And if you ask any one of my family members, they're like, why would you ever do this martial arts thing? That wasn't you. And I was like, well, things change. I like this. And I like the chess element. And it made me wonder, you know, in the same way that I started 10 years ago, um, you know, what is everybody else's stories? What are they telling? Like who who has these great stories? So we want to mix in a little bit of new and old. So the people that, you know, who I'll be talking to and maybe some people I don't know. Moral of the story is if you see me, pull me aside. I would love to chat. And if you want to share your story, I'd love to hear it, too, because um, we'd like to do that as an ongoing series. That would be. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'd make it an audio exclusive for the podcast that is for Grappling Hour. And maybe it could be a recurring theme because um, I just love hearing people describe their stories. Because when I shared mine, people were like, I didn't know that. And I was like, well, I talk about it on the podcast. And you say that you listen to Verbal Tab. Hmm. Well, I think we just discovered you're a fake fan. Whatever your story, that story mm-hmm. needs to include the most premier underwear engineered for hygiene, comfort, and durability. You have to ask yourself the simple question, what's under your gi? You can shop men, shop women, Amazon.com, nothing but five stars. Head on over to NorthSouthJujitsu.com. Free shipping on orders over 80 bucks U.S. and Canada. That is 30-day money-back guarantee. You're not even going to need five days to settle on them. That's the best. NorthSouthJujitsu.com. Raph, we have Combat Worlds to talk. You were apparently there. We have some Polaris Pro to talk Mm because I Mm -hmm. watched it. The main card. I'm versed. Mm -hmm. Ready to talk. Craig Jones surprisingly covered. I thought in the fight for someone that's been showing a lot of ass and some things, mm-hmm. you know, like he wore spats. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It made me wonder if his sponsors are now in the firm stance of, could you just wear something? Then <laughs> we don't just mean your quip toothbrush. We mean something we could, we could do the whole thing there. Which do you want to start with? You want to let's do. You were live at Combat Worlds. People are getting slapped. We'll get to Polaris Ten with their Josh Palmer and their decision main cards soon. Tell us about Combat Worlds. What did people miss? Were there smacks? You were like, oh shit! How are the snacks? What's the venue like? This one was different. This one was the first time they've used Thunder Studios out in Long Beach. And essentially what they did was they took a studio. Um, they put in about somewhere in the neighborhood of about 300 chairs. I uh, felt like there was about 400 people there standing all together in crew. And it was interesting because you're essentially it brought back memories of when I worked at NBC where there's elephant doors for different studio stages. And 
it was nice that we had the space. So there was a warm up mat in one of the studio, like little smaller areas. And it was also confusing in another way because uh, I wanted to interview Tony Burchak after his win in a special super fight. And they had somebody who was like on get the fuck out duty. And they basically blocked us from reconnecting. Tony told me a story today on, on Grappling Hour where he said, yeah, somebody came up to me and they said, oh, you can't go back here. And he's like, well, I just competed. I'd like to be able to change. And they go, yeah, well, we need to get out of here by 10. And he's like, cool. Can I use the restroom to change? And he was told very promptly, no, you can't. So he went over to the mat warm-up areas and this woman comes over and she's like, oh, my God, you're naked. And he goes, yeah, because you won't let me change in the restroom like a normal person. I just want to get out of this so I can go home. And I thought, man, talk about trying ever so hard. And and this is always the crazy melee that is one of these events, which is the show goes, show goes. And then as soon as the show's over, just eh, eh, fuck it. Just get the fuck out, everybody. Close down. But I will say this. Master Vic, very nice human being. Uh, he saw us use the UFC backdrop for the interview that I had with the winner of the night, which is uh, Richard Rad Alarcon. Red, I'm sorry, not Rad. He's also Rad. Uh, but Rich, when I was doing the interview with him, he looked like he was going to take the backdrop, the UFC fight pass backdrop away, <laughs> like mid-interview. And he apologized after. He just goes, hey, man, I'm sorry. I wasn't going to take it away from you. I just, you know, we're trying to let you know we need to start packing it up. But we were going to let you do the interview first. And I was like, well, that's cool. I go, I actually would have been fine if it would have been like taken from me. I don't know if you get what kind of interviews I do, but I would just play along with it and go, oh, well, I guess that's a sign. Plus, right, worst well, case scenario, you start playing aggressive ping pong to keep the interview and everyone loves that. Like what we don't <laughs> get to see is Jim Nance and Scott Van Pelt being like, but Tiger, here's my question. Oh, God, Depth yeah. and scope wise, do you feel like on the fourth green you had that right swag <laughs> you were always looking for? Well, before you get to that one, can I get you some specifics about your pregame ritual? <laughs> There's that, that would not... That would entertain me greatly, I guess. I, don't, I don't know about the average viewer. <laughs> but don't think about the fact that – could you imagine, though, if they were taking the little stand that it was on and I just kept walking with it? <laughs> with <laughs> my <laughs> microphone. Because that's where I thought. And so when they were apologizing to me, I just go, no, I mean that would have been pretty funny. So I'm OK. Um, but let's talk about the event. Kev, I know you didn't get the opportunity to see it. Or um, hear it. So hopefully there was okay. stuff to hear, right? Like, could you hear a whack? What's what's a good slap sound like? Do people? Do, so when there's a good takedown in a jujitsu tournament, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody has that ah, oh, like it's it it has a certain noise. Mm -hmm. What does a good slap get from the crowd? Black, like. It's not that dissimilar from EBI, and especially with a lot of these guys who still, to this day, I swear to God, maybe it's the fact that so many of these guys do multiple grappling tournaments or some of them do MMA and have to condition themselves to not hit their friends when they're rolling. It but there's helpful. a distinct moment. It. Don't hit that motherfucker. Well, you have to I do it like you're training like a child. It. You will not hit them. <laughs> you stop that. 
we get the spray bottle. Uh, but there's a distinct moment in every one of these matches where you see the light flick on them. They go, oh, right, I can hit you. Oops. Ah, okay, now I'm going to get that. Oops. And then there's uh... the... Well, then there's the odd people, Kevin. This is where I think that I, I really wish I could explain the upfrontedness of this, which is there are the people who are striking just to, like, get, get some blows in, except unlike the UFC, you know, we're not counting how many strikes you throw. So, you know, when they do those little baby pepper shots to the section of, like, the ribs or something, you go, that doesn't look like it hurts oh, at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And but does yes, anybody have strategies for avoiding? Because I do think I've stumbled upon something. If you were in a slap fight, it would be helpful to start singing Britney Spears. It's like hit me, baby, one more time. Dun 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 dun. dun. There are some people, and I don't know. Maybe this doesn't come across uh, at home very much. But there are some competitors, and I won't name names, who look like it's kind of a turn on. Like, there's a moment when, like, they do that thing where they stick their tongue out and they're like, yeah, hit me. And it's like, that's that's making it Calm weird. Down. Let's not do that. Uh, and again, you know, if that's what you want and that's what you're into, cool. Just, you know, I mean, maybe work on getting out of the heel hook instead. There is a uh, Parks and Rec blooper where Chris Pratt gets hit in the face by Aubrey Plaza's character and he gets an erection. This oh, is God. exactly like that. <laughs> it's really funny. So you slap like someone that. and then you get excited. It's like, oh, that felt better than I thought it would. <laughs> nope, I'm okay. I mean, to be fair, they'll probably let go of whatever they were holding on to to begin with. Um, I'd like to go over just a, <laughs> a few times. <laughs> I would. Uh, I would like to give a few highlights. First of all, uh, quick Nick Honstein. He's one of the original champions of the first incarnation of Combat Worlds, um, or at least Combat Jiu-Jitsu. He's one of the first guys to do those uh, matches. He looked really good. He's an MMA fighter as well. So that uh, veteran experience is like something that really came into effect, I think, middle of the show. But he started us off hot, man. So middle he was somebody that was really, really Worlds. good. He's like, so how many matches? I guess it was a tournament, though. So how many matches? It's a 60 man tournament. Okay. So at most you have four to win. And then we have uh, the gentleman who'd won. Spoiler. uh, His name, Richard Red Alarcon Jr. It's important to say Jr. Because I also heard his dad. And when the event was going on, um, Mr. Alarcon was doing that thing when I kind of hear a parent yell something. And it's not as generic as most parents who don't really do sports can sometimes voice like, come on, you can do this. Or, uh, you know what I mean? Try harder kind of generic yelling Slap out. Slap his, his stupid weak face off. <laughs> Is that what he yelled? His dad, his dad yelled out, turn into him in a point when, you know, Rich's back is compromised, and it looks like he's going to get face cranked. Experimental FBI just like, science him from that movie Face Off. And <laughs> rip his face off! And to his credit, I mean, it wasn't like he was coaching wrong. It was just his dad being like, yeah, get out of there. And then when he would get out, he'd be like, okay, good. That's like, what I'm talking about. 
And I just afterwards I told him I was like, hey, uh, you know, Rich, your dad, uh, wrestling dad. He's like, oh, yeah, that that's my pops. I was like, oh, I, I could tell right away who your oh, dad was. Though. It oh, was dude. not. Just took it mm-hmm. right in the team efforts. Not there's also something <laughs> there's also something we should really discuss, which was Ben Eddy in one of the most memorable moments. So Ben Eddy is known for his unique ability to catch so people. people. With his legs? Yes. He has a very strange the sleepy orchard or the non existent the de evolution orchard. I'll look up the name. <laughs> he has one that's called the Hindulatine. And it's fucking terrible i've i've known people who've been in it. i myself have never been in it thank it god it was the main but, but, plot of that anaconda movie with jennifer lopez mm-hmm. called anaconda. at one point they said mm, there you go let's let's make sure everybody knows that's the MacGuffin we're looking for he was the stunt double for the anaconda but the second one not the one that killed everyone the one that they skinned i will say i'm very proud of myself in that if you know how ben eddie looks with the mustache, if you would. I took a photo that I swear to God, when I looked at it at the event, I said, this looks like it was taken in the 1800s. <laughs> like, this is this is some old-timey photo. Fuck yeah, man. And it's very photogenic. Um, but Kev, here's why it's so important. He went the full 10 minutes with his opponent. And was setting up his finish. All of us on press row essentially put down our cameras because we're like, we're used to this now. You know, that last few minutes they try to ride out. And his opponent didn't look like he was in anything severe, but it looked tough. And when they got to the 10 minute mark and they're about to go to overtime, Ben Eddy lets go of his hold and his opponent just thuds straight on the mat huh went straight to sleep oh no that's always kind of scary is he okay it is he was just fine but it was one of the weird surreal moments that you could even hear the guys on commentary going well we're going to over oh is he okay oh he's okay oh shit he's late and so everybody then looks at each other and says well getting the submission at minute 10 of a 10-minute match, Ben Eddie. Can I ask, who do you think was the first person to say, and that's why we tap? Who do you think uh, <laughs> It's like those people on the internet who just put first yeah, I'm in a comment to section. Yeah, a lot of them. That's what I'm asking. Oh, <laughs> I know God. exactly what we're talking about. It's like, you uh, know, he should have tapped, but kudos to his opponent for submitting him unconscious. Oh, my God. And I like okay. people who tap. Now I'm quoting we'll, the president. Gosh. We'll come back to this in a minute, but I want to give some more shout outs for the uh, initial um, forter, first round, if you yeah, will. Yeah, Combat Worlds Us, round third, because so far I'm only um, open palm fisted interested. I'm not prepared to go full well, hard. Here's, well, here's what I want to say is that these are some of the bigger highlights of the day. Everybody kind of got a time to shine. Uh, Gabriel, we know him as Austin. He has three different ways people know him. Well, why does his he have multiple? Is, why multiple names? What's Gabriel know. Austin's bullshit? Does is well, his he name trying is to Gabriel be on Dawson's Creek? What's his, what's his Austin deal? Daffy the Duck Daffron? 
And I've interviewed him and I'm like, what am I supposed to call you by kid? And he just goes like, oh, and I swear to God, he just switched it each time. And I was like, just pick one. So he looks savage, dude. He looked really, really good. If you've been following him, this kid is on a tear. And if after he has Ben Eddie has that a Hemsworth brother, I haven't been following him. So he okay. should make his choices. When Ben Eddie put his opponent to sleep, the next round he was going to face uh, Daffron, if you would. And Daffron wasted no less than 10 seconds heel hooking him. So that was a great highlight to see. Let's also talk about uh, Jesus Chewy Urbina, who also was very, very good. This dude's like stocky. He he was put in so many submission dangers with his back being compromised. And we're talking in terrible places uh, to put together a runner up status. Uh, Jesus even uh, outweighed or Chewy, if you would. He even was able to outlast um, Austin Gabriel. Daffron, if you would, in their matchup uh, when they got to the end. I also want to give a big shout out to Hideo Tokoro, who MMA, Japanese legend, very good. Um, But, dude, there was one moment where Hideo did like a spinning back palm strike into guard from like standing. So his opponent's on the ground. And he just like spun and like he was trying to pass, but just kind of like hit his uh, opponent on the ground. And it had power, dude. It was a wind up unlike anybody else's business. So uh, kudos to him. They put up a fun and special match on that one. As a whole, uh, Red and Hanstein had a great match. If you guys get the opportunity to go watch that, I definitely recommend it. And then, of course, you definitely want to watch all of uh, Austin's matches or Gabriel's, if you want to call him either of those. Ultimately, in the finals, it was Chewy versus Red, and Red was able to win in overtime through fastest escape time. As a note, Kev, the strikes are getting better. It's still, you know... I'll say this. Some of the wrestlers were using it very well together. Uh, for one, Red and uh, Hanstein had a really good match where Red has great wrestling, but Hanstein actually started surpassing him with his wrestling, and it kind of caught him by surprise. And he had to completely game change um, just because he was putting that MMA pressure on him. And Red was able to catch him with a headed arm choke, which is the choke of the podcast. So there's that. Also, big ups to our friend Tony, who I interviewed on Grappling Hour as well today. And Ray, Ray from 10th Planet, New York City, both taking home wins in their special matches. That's really what you should know about it in terms of combat jiu-jitsu, Kevin. It was good. It was better than I thought it was. But it's really hard to acknowledge the fact that Barrett Yoshida didn't do it. John Callistein didn't do it. Gio didn't do it. There were a lot of names that just kind of disappeared. And... As great as yesterday went with people who I think surpassed the expectations, don't you just fucking miss EBI at this point? Yeah. And again, we keep talking about all the old guards, and there's moments where I'm like, gosh, should I be a little bit cooler about everything and all the change? We're just like, I'm bored. (laughs) Like, what happened so quickly? Mm -hmm. But like, we were at such a high, and now we're on such a low. Mm -hmm. Is the only way I can kind of explain it. But that's, so, yeah, you know, 
we'll uh, we'll keep powering through because something tells me we're still going to be watching. But we do want to transition and yes, rap. You'll enjoy this only because now I live right by the train tracks, and last night we saw the patrol out on because they were looking for hop ons. You're gonna get. You're gonna get hop-ons. some hop-ons. It's just gonna happen, and I just saw somebody drive by looking for some hop-ons. There's an MMA element. Let's talk Polaris Ten. Let's talk what this means for a potential MMA fighter on the card who lost to someone who can't quite drive yet, but might be headed back to the main event. I want to go top down. Okay. Nikki Ryan defeats Uriah Faber in a one-sided match that many are calling. No one's calling it, by the way. I'm, this is conjecture, but I have a feeling. Many are calling it Shab and Cyborg-like. Mm. Uriah Faber sat there like a rock, and somebody was like, like a rock, it's not dangerous to you, but it's hard to tackle. It was also, it's like, and it's Chevy's like a rock, but the, mm. this is a British telecast. You're not going to get those types of nuances. Did you get a chance to see Nikki Ryan attacking Uriah Faber with some fun heel hooks, but ultimately not being able to submit him while Uriah Faber did some really good spine elongating? Okay. That's a good way of putting it. There were two, definitely one moment in particular but there were two moments that I felt like Uriah was about to freak out that he was going to lose his leg to the kid. There was definitely a moment he just kind of stared at him like, how do I get out of a heel hook? And he had a sort of twinge in his eye that might suggest he's going to explode out of it. So there was some real possibility for vomit in my mouth to happen uh, from somebody having their arm or leg get broken on uh, internet television. Thankfully, cooler heads prevailed, and he was able to escape multiple times. Here's the best thing that Uriah did. Uriah timed those heel hook escapes to the perfect second, and I think that was at least part built into the game plan. Maybe what wasn't super exciting about being built in the game plan, as Gary Tonin kind of said in his... Nice little comment afterwards was, hey, congratulations to Nikki Ryan for winning his very first MMA match today. It was aggressive. There was a lot of face pushing. That's the only way Do you agree, though, that pushing. that's the, the kind of aggressiveness that you need to have with the kid? Or did this really just go into our expectations of what we thought this was going to be and maybe why we were a little underwhelmed with it as a main event. Well, you can find me 10 seconds after he goes for my legs, smacking him on national television. If that's what you're asking, I think it's uh not terrible gamesmanship to be like, no, thank you. It's not happening mm-hmm. to me. You could try it on someone else, but I am wise to your bullshit. Cause to me, that's ultimately, I always appreciate when MMA guys cross over, but there is an intrinsic nope. This just, uh, we're not going to do it. We're not going to give you the chance. We're not going to give you the anything. We're just going to keep a good position. And he's good enough to do that for sure. Like that's a tough opponent. He just didn't seem willing to engage. And that's, I, for a jujitsu crowd, we give more respect to people willing to engage over their victories. 
but to an MMA crowd, they give more credit to victories over engagement. Is that fair? Yeah, I just they okay. I when they Josh Palmer at the last Polaris a couple months ago got on the microphone and said, "Oh, you guys, we've got one that you mm, you're gonna love hearing this." I always think that sets me up for failure. I don't know if it sets everybody else for failure, but it sets me up for immediate. Mm, I don't think so. It's going to be pretty rare. I get real excited and sure as shit. When they go Uriah favor, the California kid takes on the kid. (laughs) And if you look at the promo long enough, the little still shot that they had of the tale of the tape still shot, it does still kind of resemble a direct to red box home alone entry in the series. Mm hmm. So there's still an element of why are we doing this? But that day when they premiered the little vignette that's supposed to get us all hype, I just go, man, I'm good. I know how this is going to go. And, you know, not to say that Uriah, we don't want him grappling. In fact, I almost, Kevin, and maybe this is me and you, I'm almost more intrigued to see what kind of fun matchups we could do with him in grappling and maybe even seeing him fight again. I reserve judgment for that one a little bit later. Let's it's just... No, you got to do it now. Mm-hmm. He's thinking about fighting again. He's going to come back after the kid. I think this is more interesting than Craig Jones or... I mean, maybe Ash Williams you were prepared to make it, but go ahead. He's thinking I about coming back? Yeah, no, he's saying that he accepted a fight. And I'm not, maybe I'm not even mad that he's fighting at his current age because he still looks like he's in good shape. It looked like he was teasing it a while back ago, even when he was saying he's in USADA's pool, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But there's something to be said about this whole premature retiring thing that everybody kind of dangles in front of you. And I don't know that we – like maybe that's why when he retired, we didn't throw a giant – like, oh, Uriah, we'll remember the good times. On our show, I think we were pretty much like, yeah, he's retiring. We should talk about that. Good luck, and which is that good luck with we'll probably see you back, aren't we? Yeah, was gonna say, he didn't feel like he was really retiring. He felt like he was kind of retiring. Can I maybe suggest a segment that we can do ongoing on this show, which is the Tito Ortiz Hall of Fame of Unretirement? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we'll we'll let we'll let Uriah get away with one, even though he's in the UFC Hall of Fame, and they were like, "Ah, fuck it, we're just giving this to you because you're retired, and why not?" But I think that's where we should go. Oh, who do you want to see him fight? If he said that he accepted a fight, who is that person, and do you have one in mind that you think is better than that? BJ Penn, so they can stay oh, God. easy. <sighs> Is that crazy? It's just like I don't even like that bit. fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, okay, maybe I should explain it like this. Wrestling fans, this is for you, Kevin, not for you. Kevin, did you know that the Undertaker comes back for big Saudi Arabia events for the WWE because he they just throw mountains of money at him? That makes perfect sense, but no, I didn't. It does. Well, guess who he's going to be facing at this year's big Saudi Arabia event coming up within the next month? Kane? No. Mayor Kane, though. Brock Lesnar? No. No. Uh, Uh, The recently retired – see what I'm coming to on this one? Goldberg. 
Oh, yeah, I do see what you're saying. So when they did that one, everybody's thinking to themselves, hey, listen, we've only got a few of these Undertaker matches left. Can we at least, if he's going to do it and he's not going to listen to anybody about retiring, can we see a good Goldberg? (laughs) And in the same way, it's like, could we be anybody else? Anyway, Kev, that's a similar situation with Uriah where you go. I, I don't disagree yeah. with anything you just said. I'm I'm right there with you. It's like, come on, man. So anyway, Uriah could provide us some good grappling matches. Him versus one of the meows. Don't remember which one. But it was entertaining-ish just because it was just batshit that one guy likes to invert and one guy wrestles. And with Nikki, you're like, no, this guy's going to butt scoot. And it's going to be one of those wrestlers running away from a butt scooter that's just very surreal and weird to watch. So Uriah, welcome back. You get one free pass. We hope it's good matches. Kev, ask me what my favorite match of the night is. You've already alluded to it. Well, I think you're going to want to skip right past Craig Jones and Mateus Leites to go to Ethan Krenlinson versus Ash Williams, where Ash Williamson prevails via decision, much like the previous match, but this one with a lot more action on the way. Oh, my God, this match was so good. And here's why. Okay. Little trivia for you guys. No Did one you likes know? Ethan. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Little trivia for you guys. Did you know that the person who was supposed to face Nikki Ryan at a Polaris for a championship belt was Ash Williams? Ash got injured, had to pull out of Kasai and Polaris. So when they did announce that Nikki was going to be facing somebody, Ash had an assurance he would, when he's not injured anymore and was healthy, he would get a shot back at Nikki Ryan. And that's when he got calls from all of his friends who said, do you see this whole Uriah thing? And he goes, wait, what? And they said, well, he's facing Uriah right now at the next Polaris. And we get it. We understand. It makes a business financial sort of thing where, yes, Uriah is a huge name and he's going to get some more eyeballs. And the UFC is putting him under pressure to probably put on some of their UFC fighters. Totally get it. Understandable. But when you show me a promo of Uriah versus Child, I think, I mean, I'd rather kind of see Ash do it. But let's just say this. Maybe, just maybe, Uriah and Nikki doing their kind of match was a blessing in disguise that gave us Ethan Cronston versus Ash Williams. And this match, Kev, this is where it gets weird because you talk about a decision. Are, do you understand how this now works with their decisions? No, but I get decisions in general, I think. Well, People this one's particularly weird because <laughs> this one's particularly weird for the following reason. Now, you know how in ADCC there's that random batshit time at the trials where they go, points. And up until then, people yep. are wrestling. Yes, I do. Okay. Now imagine if you had in their format for Polaris a no-gi 15-minute match where every five minutes is considered one round. Yeah, I actually dig it. It's kind of a UFC meets grappling model. I'm okay with it. Yeah, and, and I'm not essentially against it. It's just one of the things that I did ask Ash was. It makes as much sense as anything else. but I mean, sure. 
it does make one thing a little odd though, which is if you're in the match, I'm intrigued to hear what the athletes are thinking because I know people are shouting out times, but match recollection and match rational thought is not the same as being in your gym or just having a regular 15 minute match that's supposed to be sub only in this format you're going wait did i mount is it submissions how many things have i had and i think that's where things get heady because ash williams at the end of a match that was hot fire was starting to point at ethan to be like i think he won and then when they're like oh yeah no he won no ash the he is you he had a brilliant reaction and um, totally understandable for somebody who got injured nine months ago and who really wanted to test himself and see if he could be back on that stage. And I think the answer is yes. And part of the reason is, Kev, he's just somebody who's like, fuck, dude, I don't like being in boring matches and I just want to give you a good show. That sounds fun, though. And he <laughs> did. I mean, it was a good I shit on this car just because of the decisions, but it is a good fight. Uh, Cal mm-hmm. Uno wins via straight armbar, which is Doug. Richie Martinez wins in 55 seconds, chokes out Mija, whom mm-hmm. I've done quite a bit of yoga with. And Nick Rodriguez wins another close one against Ash a- Amos. Nick Rodriguez, uh, the gigantic. Are we still calling? Do you know he's still blue belt? Is that what we're still calling him? That's the story they're sticking with, yeah. Perfect. The gigantic blue belt. That's fun. It's not a terrible. The jolly green blue belt. You have been interviewing up a bit of a storm over on the grappling hour. Mm-hmm. People can find more of that. You can absolutely follow us on. Gosh, what are they called? Social mm, mm-hmm. news? No, social me. I don't remember socials find us verbal tap cast all of the good ones raft do you have more hot news subjects for the people before we send them along their holiday week undoubtedly stuck in traffic tomorrow trying to wage through and being like i want to listen to grappling you addicts (laughs) i want to give you guys like a hit and run um colby covington says little bitch nate diaz knows i run the west coast my comment this guy doesn't even run his own zip code. <laughs> let alone an entire coastal region, which is a lot of zip codes. Got him. Zing. Good good landline. Let's show. go down this. Uh, Conor McGregor says he injured his left hand from training too hard. Yeah, I actually it did that too. <laughs> and I can assure you it's serious. <laughs> I trained too hard. I wanted I it forgot. too much. I was too passionate about my own self-love. Mm. The Pro Fight League also has uh, an interesting format and uh, another entry that just happened. Uh, Jessica Andrade offered Rose Namajunas an immediate rematch and also posed essentially nude with her new title. Good for her? Yeah, I mean, why not? You do you is essentially the mantra of... Uh, what's going on here. I've got two personal things that I would like to share with you, Kevin. Well, this is fun. Okay. Number one, I don't, I mean, I think I sent you a photo of me at uh, interviewing somebody. And 
I just I need your first reaction to seeing this. Okay. So I'm gonna send this over on your um, your Facebook, and I just want you to describe what you see. That looks like a uh, hungry wrath. That looks like concerned wrath. Okay. So uh, that is true. Your hair looks um, luscious. I don't know. Thank you. As I told people, um, I went to go get a haircut and it didn't work because they trimmed a bunch of my beard. <laughs> and as a result you do of look it, a little. Yeah, you do have like uh, you have lost some beard length. You do look just a, a little summary. I've gotten several notes saying grow it back like I chose to just get rid of it. And it's probably the shortest that a number of you have seen it be in some time. Don't worry. It's growing back. I'm not – I didn't cut off it entirely. But oh, when so – kind of, But this kind of looks like – I guess I knew you pre-beard. So maybe in my head you still you absolutely. don't have a beard. But you – I mean you do. You just, you know. I mean Kev, again – you're somebody who knew me before I had ready to sign into your second round of poi. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very strange, but it's weird that I'm hosting the show today on grappling hour and our idiot friend from, uh, New Zealand, our good idiot friend, thus Jared Dell just goes, Whoa, Raph, grow your face back. Hey, yeah. Okay. At which point, then it devolved into a conversation where it's just like, yeah, that threw me off too. And I was like, hey, guys, I'm right here and I'm hosting a show. Ask me more. Thank you. I guess is what I'm saying. I'm not just a piece of meat. But I want to tell you the reason why I want to bring it up. Um, One, I also got people sending me in videos and photos of me at Combat Worlds, which is a fun game. Like, that's how you know that people have just started watching the telecast is when at the very beginning of the show, I've already got like 10 messages of people just sending photos of me. And I go, yep, that's me. And then a couple of them very casually being like, where's the beard? I'm like, just I'm busy right now. Okay, so I guess the story that should be told, though, about this, though, Kev, is. Uh, I went to go try out this new place over here and I'm very sensitive about how people are going to cut my hair. But Kelly looked at me and she goes, you should really try this new place that just opened. And I did. I went there. And the joke I'm telling people now is I went to go get a haircut. It didn't work. And when they saw me (laughs) and they cut my hair, I come home and Kelly didn't even acknowledge it. She just went right past it, which immediately told me, yeah, she's not into this. She's just like, so how's your day? cool what are we doing for dinner and you know we're cleaning up some dishes and then we finally sit down for dinner and she just goes okay and i go you're not gonna say anything about it she goes no i was gonna let you bring it up and what did we learn i was like not to take your advice and go to the new barber shop and she goes oh i'm very sorry yeah i feel bad on that one so that's that's story the first kev and story the second It'll all go back. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. Sacrifices come in all shapes and sizes. Second story to end the show with. That'll do it for us. (laughs) No, I was cutting. Honestly, go ahead. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, A second story that I want to laugh about is I was updating people with what was going on at Combat Worlds. And it's a weird, delicate dance that you're taking photos and also... 
just in the middle of like trying to write quick, quick copy and also doing all the hashtags and trying to tag the right people. Because Lord forbid people actually have real names. Austin, Daffron, Glenfold, whatever the fuck your name is today. Daff Jitsu, if you would. But one of uh, Daff Jitsu's friends caught a spelling error because I misspelled the word caught. I used the wrong version of it. And uh, they did a thing where they posted my photo and then underneath, like, spell checked it. And it's one of the ones where I go, yeah, that's inexcusable. Yeah, I wrote totally misspelled caught. And so I wrote underneath that gentleman's uh, comment and I just said, I'm glad you caught that. And I spelled it wrong as well. And that guy was very nice. And I wanted to shout him out because it takes a lot of balls to tell someone they misspelled something and for them to be right. So Morgan, Matt, you know, I'm not going to mispronounce your name. You don't deserve that anymore. Morgan, thank you. You know who you are. Excellent. Yep. So thank you guys to everybody who came up to us. We had some people taking up selfies and photos. A lot of love was made sure to be told to give back to Kevin. I refuse to, but he's heard it anyway. So you have that now. Hey, I'll take it. Actually, do that. <laughs> that, that'll do it for <laughs> us here at Verbal Tap. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Smack a friend. Good night and good fight. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...